And I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone. Alright, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive. Final time I have to do this, a bit of administration off the top. May 12 and 14 at the Sydney Comedy Festival. Just bloody come along. You've probably made up your mind by now. Let's be honest. If, you, if you're not coming by now, you're probably not coming. And that's, that's okay. I'll sleep at night. But if you are available, would love to see you there. May 12, May 14 sold out. But May 12 at the Sydney Comedy Festival at the Factory Theatre in Sydney. Come along, dude. Show's going to rip. I'm filming the Wednesday show. So would love to see you there. Fill it up a bit, you know. It's 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 full enough, but you know, every uh, every laugh helps on the camera. You could be the only laugh on a specific joke. You could get one over the line. That could be you. Uh, but also, I mean, if I only get one laugh out of like a hundred people, I got to be honest, it's not making the edit. But still, would love to see you there. Tickets in my Instagram bio or on the Sydney Comedy Festival website. And I don't want to be a pest about this, dude. But also, every day, people ask me when I'm doing Sydney shows. And I'm like, are you out to lunch, dude? Is that an iPhone or an iPhone-shaped sandwich in your hand? Because you're out to lunch, okay? I've been begging people to come for six weeks. Have I not been clear about this? If you, if you, if you, if you see me promoting the show and say, I can't make it or I don't want to go, dude, that's fine. But if you want to live in this fantasy land where I'm not actively promoting the shit out of these Sydney shows, begging you to come, that I can't get around, okay? So, make up your mind, but at least know the show exists, at the very least. Can we all agree on that? Even if you don't come, can you at least acknowledge that the show is happening? And touch wood that it does, because this is my third crack, and I'm fucking superstitious as hell, dude. But, it's going to be great, I'm very excited. Hope to see you there. I'm pumped up. I just watched last night, nothing on the telly. And, now, and that's the thing. When you, when you say there's nothing on the telly now, that used to be something you could blame on the television. You know? Oh, what did you get up to last night? Nothing. Television was shit house. Jeez, my telly didn't turn up last night. Absolute garbage on the three channels available to me. Yes, ABC and SBS, I'm not counting you. Okay? I'm not counting you. But that was something... You used to be able to blame on the television. You used to say, oh, the, the telly has not turned up tonight. Fucking caught the telly napping. We got a freaking, you know, we got, a, we got Frasier back to back to back. I swear there was nights when I was eight years old where seven, nine, and ten were all showing the exact same episode of Frasier. And that happened. But now, I mean, you're just sitting there. I've got every app. Okay, I've got Stan. I've got Netflix. I've got... Um, what are some of the other ones? Oh, I pay for Amazon Prime. That's my contribution to the house, even though the lads refuse to watch it. You know? I keep saying that Amazon is making a Lord of the Rings TV show. They said, when is it actually going to be on the app bill? And I said, I don't know. Okay, I'm thinking 2027. But for Christ's sake, can someone... I'll hand out my login at this point to my Amazon Prime just to give it some use. I feel like I've got a goddamn Ferrari in the driveway and no one's driving it. That's what Amazon Prime is. It's an unused Ferrari. Please, someone hit me up for my login and enjoy one of the two 
slightly not horrific programs they have on there. Okay? Treat yourself. And I also have Binge. Um, I don't actually watch Binge or use it. We signed up on Antsy's card. He doesn't actually know that. Um, but we just wanted to watch the Tiger Woods doco. So, Adzi's been paying for it ever since. I don't think he knows because the login still works. Um, but I'd just like to quickly thank Adzi uh, for that. And then, I, and then I also will just buy whatever movie I want to watch if it needs to be purchased because Adzi's card is on the Apple TV. So, literally anything I ever want to watch ever is available to me at any second. And that's a lot of pressure. You know, I'm just sitting in the couch with the world at my feet. Scared to take a step. And as he said, mate, how many movies are you buying on my card? And I said, not that many. And he said, well, how often? I said, well, it just depends. I said, put it this way, mate. If if there's a movie I want to watch, I watch it, okay? Regardless of what payment walls might come in my way. Uh, Because you've saved your card in the app and you're paying the price. But once again, thank you to Adzi for his continued generosity with his debit card. even though he doesn't know it's happening, I still think generosity counts. So appreciate that, mate, and your complete lack of regard for your bank statements. It's clear you don't check them, and we've taken advantage. So thank you once again. But yeah, now when there's nothing on the telly, dude, that's on you. Do you know what? Maybe there's nothing on you. What about that? Oh, geez, tell, telly was crap last night. Or were you crap last night, Bill? Or were you crap last night? You know, so that's the world we live in now. It's a, it's a world it's a world where it's on you and there's no excuses. And the anxiety just builds and builds and builds when you can't find what to watch. But last night, I didn't know what to watch. And then boom, on YouTube pops up, Amy Shark's 60 Minutes interview. Night sorted. And I know what you're saying, but Bill, it only goes for 17 minutes. How are you going to fill the rest of your night? And it's like, no, yeah, the interview goes for 17 minutes. You then cry from happiness for the next two hours before putting on a podcast and going to bed. Amy Shark is a goddamn inspiration. Firstly, I found out she's 34. Her moisturizing schedule must be off the charts. Um, I'm not sure which brand she uses, though I imagine it's quite a reputable one. And Amy Shark, where to begin? I mean, this chick, she's the goddamn Rocky of the music scene. I had no idea. You know, everyone who makes it in music, you know, you see someone playing the freaking NRL Grand Final. I'm, I assume that's their first gig ever. You know, like you just assume sort of, I don't know, like it happens in a movie, like she'll be playing at a pub and then some guy in the crowd is like, hey, I'm, actu- I'm actually the president of Interscope Records at this suburban Brisbane pub. And guess what, kid? You've got the stuff. And then that's it. Fucking, that's all she wrote, dude. Chuck on a door, whatever, man. But that's not how it happened. Amy Shark was slugging it out for like 15 years in pubs, getting knocked back from every goddamn record label, even the shit ones, I'd imagine. Uh, You know when people say they have a record label, but they actually just have a spare room at their mum's house with like a fucking soundboard? A few of those. Few of those going around, I'd imagine. Dude, come come and sign up to fucking to killer records. We kill every track. Sorry, dude, your mum's cat is just on my shoulder. Could you repeat that? <laughs> His mum just yells out from the next room. Do you want grilled cheese for dinner? 
It's like, shut up, mum. I'm in a meeting. No, it'll be a cheese toasty. I apologize for that. But dude, Amy Shark is inspirational. That's the message I'm getting across here. And uh, dude, it's so funny. I mean, I, I love a good story where it's like rags to riches, you know? She was just bloody getting knocked back. It got to the point. So how's this? Not to spoil the interview, but I don't think anyone... Let's be honest, no one watches 60 Minutes. That's why it's on fucking YouTube. Anything that they're putting on YouTube afterwards, just know that no one's watching it on telly. Full stop. And just as a rule, no one watches telly, unless it's married at first sight. But she said she finally had some guy from Sony who was like, all right, you, you got the stuff, kid. Next stop, the top. We're going to bloody sign you up and do something with you. Give me your number. I'll give you a call in a month or something. Anyway, they're on the radio. She's driving along in her car. Turns out this Sony music exec, he was dead. He freaking like OD'd in a hotel room or killed himself. I don't know. He died in a hotel room. That's usually two of the ways you go. If you die in a hotel room, you better be pretty clear with the cause of death because everyone's thinking OD'd on heroin while hanging himself while jacking off. That is traditionally how people go in a hotel room. But, I mean, you know, you could just... Imagine you just eat a peanut and you're allergic in a hotel room. You're just... You're, you're freaking... You know, I don't know how you die. The opposite of an EpiPen happens to you. You get all freaking psychedelic or anaphylaxia or whatever you call it. And uh, and you just freaking get murked out in your own hotel room. And then everyone's gone around town. You go, and you hear about Bill in his hotel room? Yeah, apparently it was fucking wild, dude. Needles everywhere. Sex swing. God knows what that bloke gets up to up there. What a freak. And you're like, no, I just have... I just have allergies. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But uh, the Amy Shark thing, dude. Imagine that. Your only guy, your only hope dies. Um, that's brutal. And she still kept going. And she still kept going. But I'll tell you what would be interesting... No, it wouldn't. But yeah, I love a good story like that. Like, there's something about it when someone has to like, you know, like Rocky, basically. There's just something so interesting about that. Like this Olivia Rodrigo chick off the Disney Channel. Her first song ever (laughs) is the most played song of all time. And that's awesome. I'm happy for her. It's a good song. Drive's license, dude. I'll crank it, whatever. And, uh, you know, it's a great song. She's a great girl. She's very attractive and I wish her all the best. But it's just not as good of a book, is it? You know what I mean? It's just not as good of a book. And yeah, there's something about it. I love how like we all watch Rocky where everything goes wrong and you just can't stop until you get to the top. And you're like, that's how it is. Never give up. And then something actually goes wrong in one of our lives and we're like, this is horrible. (laughs) I'll never get through this. (laughs) Oh my God. Obstacles. Obstacles. What the fuck do I do? (laughs) This is insane. I'm dropping my head. I'm dropping my head and I'm transitioning into a full give up. You know? Like, obstacles and hardships and tough times are so much better on the movie screen. In real life, you're just sad. (laughs) You're just like, oh, this sucks. And there's no one there. There's no 65-year-old Italian man saying, come on, Bill. Let's go chase a chicken and, and punch a pig. And then punch a black man. And that was the order of, of things that got fucked up in, in Rocky 2. First he chased that chicken. 
And he caught that. Then he beat the shit out of those pigs and that butcher. And then finally he took down that black man. What a story. What a story. Every challenge was harder than the last. But yeah, inspirational stuff, Amy Shark. Inspirational stuff. Oh, and also, Amy Shark's husband is also her manager. And guess what? He's been there since day one. Amy Shark is a goddamn inspiration. She should, yeah, love her. Love her work. And that's what I watched last night. And looking back, I've talked about talked about a 10-minute Amy Shark 60 Minutes interview for 13 minutes. So how I've done that is beyond me. And you better believe none of this is making the final edit. But like I said, I don't edit this show. Billy Darcy does. And that guy fucking hates me, dude. So we'll have to see what happens there. But anyway, I apologize for that. Let's crack in. The lad pad has a new roommate. We have acquired a fourth member of the house. Will we be getting a fifth? I don't think so. So we've gone from five lads to four. Um, so once again, just recapping, Danny and Samo's moved out. Danny's room will now be reserved for arts and crafts. Um, I might start recording the podcast in there. Get a desk. I just want to sit behind a desk. Uh, I just think it looks cool. I did I did sit behind a desk for a couple of episodes during the pandemic, but I had to literally rearrange my whole room to do it and then rearrange it back. And I got to say, no one really commented on the desk. So we'll have to see. But Maka will do a bit of painting in there. Um, I'll do a bit of writing, you know, some calligraphy. Uh, I assume Adzi's just going to go in there and, and jack off, but... You know, it's, a, it's going to be a room for activities, there's no doubt. And I look forward to what it's going to become. But, Samo's the master bedroom. He's gone. We had to move someone in. And we were fucked. We were up against it. We didn't really search for anyone, I've got to be honest. Like most things in life, I assumed this would work out. Everything is fine because it always has been. I love that quote. And we had, um, we actually had a couple who were going to move in. And that would have been a real change of pace for the pad, but I was looking forward to it. They pulled out. Then our mate Mitch was going to move in. Then he pulled out. And then like two days later, like the rent was due. Like, so we just had two late pullouts. And then we just sort of gave up. You know, we don't, we don't have a lease at the moment. We're just rolling. And the house has kind of a grubby reputation. And it's just like, ugh, I don't want to beg someone to move in here. I don't even want to, you know, I was living with just Adzi and Macca. I was thinking, this is sensational. Um, because we had that two weeks where the rent was paid, but the boys had already moved out. So we had two weeks where we were paying the same rent, but it was just the three of us living here. And it was fucking awesome. No qualms. No qualms. I mean, I did have to fucking rough up Macca a couple of times for touching my stuff. You know? But that's okay. He knows that samurai sword's mine. And... It was great. So we didn't really look for anyone. And then literally Thursday night, we had to pay rent on the Friday and we were looking at a fucking huge amount of rent between the three of us. And then Mitch came back to the party. He said, I've changed my mind. I've come to my senses. Can I still move in? And we said, yes. And by the time I got home on the Friday from work, Mitch had fully moved in and paid his rent. That's two things Adzi is yet to do in his two years at the pad. So a very impressive start. Um, and you know, we're looking forward to the future. Obviously there was, there was some talks of, 
of getting a couple in, getting a woman living with us. Um, and it would have been nice to have a feminine touch around the pad. Uh, but in the end, we have opted for uh, getting a bloke who's basically pretty similar to us just to avoid any sort of personal growth whatsoever. Um, there was some talk of raising our self-awareness that was quickly rubbished. And yeah, self, self-development, I mean, take it, take it down the street, dude. Okay, because we're four blokes with similar interests and uh, no one challenges us. <laughs> so it's what a way to live in the safety of our own collective thought. And I love it. But so Mitch has moved in. Uh, i got to say, I've known Mitch for a long time. I actually went to primary school with him. Um, we have drifted apart and back together over the years several times. Quite romantic when you think about it. And yeah, I'd love to share a, a bit more with you about Mitch if I could. Unfortunately, uh, Mitch refused to fill out the welcome questionnaire. I slipped under his bedroom door. Nor did I see him participate in any of, any of the icebreaker games I organized over the weekend. Um, so it was just me and Macca sort of bobbing for apples and um, playing playing some coits in the backyard. And that was a bit of fun. But yeah, and finally, unfortunately, Mitch did not attend the orientation seminar on Saturday night either. Uh, that was held in the gentleman's lounge. Me and Adzi attended with Macca as the keynote speaker. But yeah, Macca gave quite a rousing keynote speech, actually, uh, just regarding what was centered around his time sort of rooting his way through the state of Arizona for six months, a few years back. And uh, great yarn. I, I, I cried. I'm not afraid to say it. That was one of the, the cornerstones of his, of his address, actually, was that you shouldn't be afraid to get emotional. And, uh, you know, Macca nails it again. Always speaks very well. He's a very charismatic man. But, yeah, uh, unfortunately, as Mitch didn't participate in any of the welcome program I organized, um, I was forced to go on his Tinder bio, to sort of re- reveal a bit more about the great man. Um, so I've got it up here. I wrote it down. It said, um, I invest in people and pussy and I get dividends from both. So he's obviously a very aggressive man who goes after what he wants. I think we can all respect that. Uh, and do you know what I mean? Am I scared of him? Yes. Yes, I am. But it should be noted that this was the first Mitch that came up when I changed my Tinder to the homosexual settings. So, look, I'm not 100% sure if this is the Mitch I'm living with, but it is a white guy called Mitch, and I mean, really, how many could there be? So, like I said, might be him. I think it probably is. I'd say there's probably a 70% chance. If it's not, I think we can all agree that this Mitch does a fair bit of rooting. So, good on him. Uh, but Mitch, our Mitch... Um, is actually a tradie as well. So I continue to be the only white-collar criminal in the house. There's a vibe difference there. Saturday mornings, I'm reading the financial review. The boys are trying to find out, you know, when the local year 12 formal is. You know, Mac is helping his missus study for the freaking the NAPLAN. I mean, it's weird, dude. It's a weird vibe with these tradies. But, you know, still. Still, it's all good. Welcome, Mitch. It was quite a sheepish moment when uh, he asked which shelf he could have in the pantry and like where everyone's section was. And I had to point to my section, which had nothing but a single red onion on it. So, I mean, thank God it wasn't a brown onion. That's all I'll say. And that's not a race thing. It's just the brown onions are, without a doubt, the least impressive onion on the market. So, you know, thank God. But yeah, Mitch has seen how I live. It's not well. That onion's got to last me till next Tuesday, dude. So, 
you know, I was hoping to keep up the facade that I'm kind of a mover and shaker for at least the first few days, but immediately out of the gate, uh, Mitch has seen how I live. So, you know, long live Mitch. Welcome to the pad. Um, hopefully he does some weird shit so he can sort of pad out the pod a bit. Uh, that is part of the rent you pay. You got to, you know, it's freaking X amount of dollars and six minutes of content. Macca knows the rules. That's why week in, week out, he is the biggest pelican on the planet. It's for the pod. And it's also his personality. But it's mostly for the pod. But anyway. So, sort of crack into the week that was. Um, here we go. What happened on Friday night? Firstly, Macca has got us banned from our local dominoes. Pelican of the week, dude. Pelican of the week. You do not fuck with your local dominoes, okay? Because it's always there. Your local dominoes is like that blanket you've had since you were six years old. It's fucking there if you need it, dude. And Macca pushed his luck and we paid the price. So firstly, Macca wants extra sauce on his cheese pizza and there's no option for it on the app. I know. What a struggle. This man's life is hell. Like, there's enough sauce on the pizzas, mate. But there's no option for it on the app. So he orders on the Domino's app. And then he calls them up straight away. And he says, my name's Macca. <laughs> I just ordered a cheese pizza and various others. I'd like extra sauce on the cheese pizza, please. And she said, we've already put it in the oven. And Macca is like furious. He's like, you're kidding. I just ordered it. How could that possibly be? And she goes, well, it popped up. You know, we made it. It's just a cheese pizza. It's not fucking rocket science, babe. And then we put it in the oven. Macca's like, right, shit. Okay, don't worry about it. All good. And you think that'd be the end of it. But I'm trying to have a conversation with Macca out on the back patio. And I can just tell he's troubled. He's distracted. He's not there. He's not on the patio with me. Talking about some shit that happened six years ago. And what I would have done differently. Yes, I would have beat the shit out of that guy at that pub, okay? I slipped. I think we all saw that I slipped. But anyway, I said, Macca, I can see you're not happy, mate. And he gets out his phone and he goes on the Domino's app and he said, I'm checking the live pizza viewer. And I said, what? And he said, when your pizza is cooked, they take a photo of it and they put it on the live pizza viewer. And I said, I don't think any self-respecting human should know the Domino's process this well. And he said, shut up. (laughs) Anyway, so there's a super supreme on the live pizza viewer, but there's no cheese pizza. I said, well, Macca, you better call him up again. And I was joking. Macca was not. He calls him up again. And he goes, excuse me, you said that my cheese pizza had been made, but I can see on the live pizza viewer that it has not been made yet. This is a real sentence he said. And... I mean, what happened next was Macca got his ass handed to him by the 16-year-old chick on the phones. She goes, look, mate, your pizza's been made, okay? And he goes, it hasn't been made. And she goes, I'm looking at it. It's done. And he goes, okay, I'm so sorry. (laughs) And he hangs up. And uh, it was reminiscent of what happened when Macca tried to haggle with the guy at JB Hi-Fi. He was quickly put in his box once again. Maybe Maybe one of the worst negotiators on the planet. Macca. Um, <laughs> if Macca was a character in Suits, he'd be like the guy that, that uh, Harvey Specter like throws through a window and goes, get the fuck out. You are the worst lawyer of all time. 
But anyway, so then the pizzas turn up. Oh, geez, we're excited. Particularly Macca, I must say, even though he's a bit flat. He's, he's, been, he's been complaining for the last 20 minutes. Oh, there's not going to be enough sauce. Who gives a fuck, mate? Honestly. Anyway, the cheese pizza rolls in. Macca opens it up. It is burnt to an absolute crisp. It was thin and crispy. They must have put this thing through three times. It was like just a black frisbee. Not only was there no sauce, you couldn't taste any fucking cheese. It was like just a a disc of carbon. Okay? Like it was like it was like somebody took all the stuff from a fireplace and then like hammered it into the to a, a thin circle and put it into a Domino's branded box and drove it to the lad pad. It was completely unedible. It was disgusting. And we knew. We knew what had happened. Macca had pissed them off and they said, fuck this guy. This cheese pizza's gone for a couple extra laps around the sun. All right? And now we're on the outer with our local Domino's, which is, that's not where you want to be. Okay? Your local Domino's should be like a family friend. You don't always see them, but when you do, geez, it's good to catch up. So, extremely alarming. Mac has put his foot in it. Um, you know, he was... He was handily dealt with by Jessica, the 16-year-old phone chick at our local Domino's. And the whole experience was rather alarming. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Looks like no more, more Domino's for the lads, which could be argued is not the worst thing in the world. We desperately need to eat more greens. But not ideal. Macca, your Pelican of the Week. Guess what, mate? That's 74. You continue to be undefeated. But then... Then we watched High School Musical on Friday night, super high after a disc of carbon. And I got to say, I enjoyed it. I haven't watched High School Musical in about mm, four years. Totally holds up, dude. Totally holds up. Despite Macca's best efforts to ruin it. Don't you hate it when someone tries to ruin a film that was made 15 years ago? Like, don't you hate it when someone points out the things that need to be fixed with a film that was released... 15 years ago. I'm watching High School Musical and Macca's like, oh, that's wrong. They should have fixed this up. And it's like, mate, we're not in the edit right now. Okay? We're watching the final cut. This isn't... There's no decisions to be made here. This isn't up for debate. Okay? You're not in the freaking editing bay. This is Disney Plus, not the Disney Studio. Do you think this is Pixar? You fucking idiot. <laughs> Oh no, that shot was slightly off key from the last one. Oh, Zac Efron's voice is, you know, it's not him singing or whatever. Do you know what, dude? Shut the fuck up, okay? It's High School Musical. I'm here to believe in love for 93 minutes before we go back out into this harsh world. Alright? I'm here to forget about the fact that Vanessa Hudgens and Zac Efron broke up and that love's not real, okay? Can you just let me have this? For 93 minutes on a goddamn Friday. What, you know, we're all in this together, mate. What happened to that? You're probably too busy pointing out that the choreography wasn't as as synchronized as it should have been or something. What do you think? You're the director? Kenny Ortega? And I think that's actually his name. Yes, I watched the behind the scenes, uh, you know, what do you call it when they sort of tell you how it's made? Behind the scenes. On Disney Channel when I was 13. And yes, I remember that the director's name is Kenny Ortega. Okay? 
They were his decisions. They've been made. They're not up for debate, Macca. Shut up. Okay? Just shut up. But anyway, yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty bloody good. Anyway. Let's crack along. I gotta say, this one. God damn it, the wheels are off here. I don't know what goes on with this pod. That can I be 25 minutes in? All I talked about was Amy Shark. Fuck! Alright, so, Sunday. Saturday was Macca's birthday, and we just had the best night ever. Like, just the best night ever. Everything went to plan. The boys are on fire. We're having a time of our life. Unfortunately, the best nights ever don't really give have the best stories ever. So, we sort of skip past that. Sunday, I wake up at midday, outrageously hungover. Like, outrageously hungover. And my phone's going off. My mate Rowan, a comedian, fellow comic, uh, he's actually opening for my show on Wednesday, May 12. Come along. He's like, mate, I'll pick you up at one. We need to leave at one at the latest. And I'm thinking, what the hell are you talking about, mate? I'm not going anywhere. I am nowhere right now. And it turns out I have a 3.30 p.m. gig in Newcastle on Sunday. And I'm like, what the fuck? I completely forgot about it. And I'm hosting as well. I'm just like, oh my God, this is hell. This is hell on earth. Rowan comes around. I'm just like, oh my God, the whole way up to Newcastle. I'm just, because it was a daytime gig. I thought it was in a beer garden. So I'm just praying for rain. I'm treating it as as though it's a game of cricket. And I'm like too hungover to play. I'm like, dear God, please rain. I was like, can this comedy gig get rained out? That would be ideal. I'm like so hungover. feels like someone's just smashing a steel pole into the side of my head. Steel nail. Nine inch nails. A nine inch steel nail into the side of my head. And dude, I am nowhere. I get up there. Rowan drives. Thank God. What a saint. Get up there. Grab a beer. It's at a pretty sick brewery in Newcastle can't remember what it's called i apologize but it was awesome the chicks behind the bar had a fringe and a smile they handed me a, a twelve thousand dollar pint and i thought let's fucking go so it was sold out it was super cool it was like inside so you didn't know it was like daytime and i gotta say straight off the bat everything is going wrong i get up there the mic is like piercingly loud like you could probably hear me back in sydney it was crazy. And then so there's a sound guy with a full-on soundboard. And, you know, it's most half the gigs I do is just a speaker and a microphone. You, like, there's not a, there's not a sound guy. This isn't the Enmore Theatre. It's fucking just some pub. But they've got a full-on soundboard and a sound guy. And I go to this guy, I go, can we get the mic down a bit? And he looks at me like I've just said something in fucking Russian. Like, he's like, oh, oh. And he's like looking at the soundboard going, fuck. And I'm like, dude, are you freaking for real right now? I know one of those knobs has got to turn this thing down. So then I'm, so then he finally turns it down, but like, not at all. I'm just like, whatever. Then the mic starts cutting out altogether. Like I'd say a word, I'd be like, yeah, so I was walking down the, the other day and like, and it was just, it was nowhere. And then the sound guy's like, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. And I'm like, well, what the fuck did I do to it? You know, the sound guy's blaming me for the microphone cutting out. It's, I, it's, I'm, I, I'm like, mate, I failed to see how I could possibly be responsible for this. 
And he's like, whoa. And I'm like, for fuck's sake. So then the mic starts working. He's like, you got to hold it a certain way. I'm thinking, man, I'm about to hold you a certain way. Okay? And fuck, that sounds super gay. But I'm telling you, that's a threat. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's a threat and a, and a, and a good one. Um, it sounds like I'm threatening to jack him off. But still, you know? And then this guy comes over, like the brewery guy comes over to fix the soundboard and he walks straight through the crowd. So distracting. Now they're chatting about the sound and I'm like six minutes in at this point I haven't even told a joke I'm like fuck so hungover I'm like the wheels are off the wheels are off then he leaves and I finally get into a joke and the mic's working and two people are just talking so loudly just a few rows back near the wall and I'm about to fucking lose it dude I'm about to fucking snap okay and I'm this close. I'm a stiff breeze away from just going nuts. But I'm the host, and it's not the best look if the host sort of blows up at the crowd, especially to start the show. You know, you ruin the show. So I just ever so politely say, I'm so sorry, guys. What's going on over there? You're chatting You're chatting away? Anything interesting? You know, I try to sort of be a bit accommodating. And this poor woman, she goes, yes, the air conditioner above me is pouring ice cold water onto us. The air conditioner's broken and water is pouring out of it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. The wheels are off. So now they've got to change seats. And now I'm like, and now it's like all happening. And I'm yet to tell a joke. And then I'm getting heckled by some fucking 45-year-old guy who's blind already. And then I'm getting the light to say, I've got one minute to go. I was supposed to do like 10 minutes up top. And I'm just like... I don't even know what's going on. This is not comedy. This is not comedy. But amidst, amidst all the chaos and the uh, and everything going wrong, you know, I did manage to sneak in just a couple of little riffs and the crowd was super friendly. So I did like one joke, ripped on some guy called Meso. We get things going. It ended up being such a fun gig. Such a fun gig. I'm so glad I did it and it wasn't cancelled. I'm so glad I'm not a bitch. You know how many people would have bitched out on that? Two-hour drive up to Newcastle, super hungover. Oh, I can't make it. It's my second cousin's 73rd birthday. No, dude. Wait, if you play up, you front up. That's how Billy D rolls. And, uh, yeah, so it ended up being super fun. I had the best time ever. And it was a really great gig. Newcastle always rips, dude. Always rips. But let me just crack into a couple of things here. Firstly, the the cricketers over in India, stuck in India. I feel sorry for them, dude. I feel sorry for them. 9,000 Australians over there as well. Uh, it could be argued um, they have as much right to return home as the Australian cricketers. Uh, I would say they don't. I would say they don't. Um, unfortunately, we've got enough accountants and HR reps over here. What we don't have enough of is sensational opening bowlers, okay? So, you know, if you went over to India from Australia and to do an IT job or something, that's great. Um, I'd wear several masks and I'll see you next year. Um, but if you if you can open the batting, we'll fly you home, okay? And I think that's more than fair. Um, I, I've seen some opposing views in the media. Uh, a lot of shock jocks want to want to sort of get in your ear, you know, shock you, say, say whatever they can to get the views. Oh, you know, 
all Australians deserve the same rights. Um, everyone's equal. You know, Pat Cummins is not better than the average Australian. And, you know, it's, it's, it's disgusting. I'm not even going to call it journalism because it's, you know, it's borderline hate speech and it's not true. It's lies. And uh, make no mistake, Pat Cummins is better than you. And he, he deserves more than you do in life. Okay. So if, Scott, if ScoMo wants to give me a plane, I'll fucking fly it over. And even if the plane has 300 seats, um, I'll just take all the Aussie cricketers. I'll just take the boys, you know? There's like a family of five going, please, we're from Sydney, help us. I'm like, I'm so sorry, but Pat loves to put his feet up. So yeah, we're going to have to leave you here, babe. But oh, and you're pregnant as well. Sorry about that. Sorry, but you've got to, you know, it's just that, you know, pregnant ladies, they have to get up to pee a lot. And I just hate for you to interrupt one of Pat's films on the trip back. So yeah, it is sad what's happening to, um, to the Aussies over there. Sorry, the Aussie cricketers. And, uh, and yeah, I hope we can get the boys back ASAP. Um, maybe if the other 9,000 Aussies, sorry, the average Australians, maybe they could all chip in and, and pay for the boys charter flight. that would be pretty good. But yeah, in all seriousness, I mean, I do feel super sorry for the people who actually live, like the Australian Indians who live in India or the Australians who live in India and have just been there the whole time because now they can't fucking leave. That sucks. I would hate to be stuck somewhere. I got to say, I actually have pretty, like, very little sympathy for the Australian cricketers because they were in Australia and then they chose to go to India. It's like, what? It's what, People aren't going to Europe. No one's going to Spain or Italy. So why the fuck would you go to a third world country during a worldwide pandemic? Oh, but the IPL is on and I signed a contract with the Calcutta who gives a fuck. Honestly, dude, what the fuck did you expect was going to happen when you went to India in a worldwide pandemic? You know, at the best of times, you can't drink the water in India. And that's at the very best of times. Do you know what a great day in India is? When you accidentally drink the water and don't fucking die. Like, what the hell did you expect, Okay. And, and you know what? I want everyone to come home. I want all 9,000 Aussies back here. I want the Aussie cricketers back here. I want everyone on a plane. Sort it out, ScoMo. I don't want... Uh, maybe just send them to Perth and we'll just sort of see how it goes in Perth. Let's keep them away from the East Coast. But also, dude, I'd just love to hear one of the cricketers say, Chris Lynn was like, we should get a private plane home. Okay. Okay, Chris. Okay, Chris Lynn. Okay, Chris Lynn. Your hairline's terrible, Chris Lynn. Okay, Chris Lynn. I just want to hear you say, though, we will give you the, the play. We'll give you the charter flight. But I want to hear you say, this was a fucking dumb thing to do to come here. You know, they're talking about the IPL like it's going to war in Iraq and it's like a honorable obligation. Make no mistake, you chase the cash, you've paid the price, okay? I just want to hear one of them say, even Pat Cummins, as fucking charismatic and good-looking as that son of a bitch is, dude. I just want to hear him say once, oh, by the way, guys, yeah, totally. Um, just so you know, I'm 100% aware that this was fucking dumb as shit to come here, by the way. I regret it massively. I massively regret being here. I wish I didn't come. It was a dumb thing to do. Can just one of them say that? Is that too much to ask? You know? Pat's like, cricket. I think Pat Cummins thinks cricket 
cures coronavirus. You know, like before the travel ban, he was like, I'm staying. Cricket is what's keeping these people going. I think he thinks the ball is filled with vaccines or something. I don't know what Pat Cummins thinks the power of cricket is. Don't get me wrong, it's a fantastic sport, but I love it. There's like there's like bodies piled up outside the stadium. Pat Cummins takes a wicket, he goes, ha ha, thank me later, Indian healthcare system. I've done it again. <laughs> and to be fair to Pat Cummins, he did donate $50,000 to the coronavirus cause. That's fantastic, Pat. Um, but do you know where you can donate $50,000 from? Your fucking lounge room in Sydney, bruh. You fucked up. You should have taken the flight when it was going. Um, yeah, I think just the dumbest thing you could ever do would be... That's like me saying, um, hey guys, really excited about my next comedy tour. I'm actually going to Northern Africa. So, really excited. Uh, Nigeria, Cameroon, um, Ethiopia, all, all, the, all the places that you should be going in today's current climate. And uh, I look forward to it. <laughs> And then when I've just, I've got every strain of coronavirus, I'm like, ScoMo, sorry, I'm just looking out the front of my hotel. I don't see a private plane. Did something go wrong? Did something go wrong? What the fuck did you expect, dude? Honestly. All right, so. Trend end this week, dude. We got a couple. Push on through here. Um, Firstly. Trend end. Serious captions on Instagram. Like, unless you're a UFC fighter or a Navy SEAL. I don't know if we need it. You know, we got the wrong people making serious captions. You know, I, I know blokes who work in HR and they're like, keep your circle small. It's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? You work for the Commonwealth Bank. Like, what? These serious captions are just, they're so aggressive. Like, Kevin Hart will be on Instagram... And he'll be like, never stop grinding, you know, make, make the haters hate you even more. And then his next post will be like, <laughs> dude, Kevin Hart is unbelievable. Like just the vibe changes on his Instagram. It's crazy. Kevin Hart will be like, never stop pushing through the darkness. And it'll be like him shirtless with a gold chain on. And then his next post will be like, hey guys, get to your local cinema. Jumanji 23 is about to hit the screen. Come along for all the mad action. It's me, Jack Black, and who gives a fuck? <laughs> but seriously, guys, push through the darkness. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. But serious captions on Instagram. I don't know. I just, they freak me out. I love how everyone thinks, um, I just, I think when your captions are too serious, you reveal how self-absorbed you are. Because, like, you know when people post a captured, like, like sh- show them all that they're wrong. And it's like, who are they? Like, who are you referring to, dude? Your stepdad? Like, what's going on? It's bizarre, dude. It kind of freaks me out, to be honest. Um, I don't know, serious captions, they're like, I mean, just across the board, I mean, like, you know, like, when some guy who's just, like, a guy... Like, he's just, like, a guy, right? He's got, like, 600 followers. And he'll be, like, never stop grinding. This week, I got up at 5 a.m. every week. I didn't want to, but I did it because I had to. That's the hustle. That's the life I lead. And it's, like, 
you're a freaking property manager at Ray White. <laughs> like, you're just a guy. You don't need to be this serious. I think being this serious, you'd probably drop dead at like 65. I don't think it's good for your cells. Don't stress, mate. Stress less, babe. Like, honestly, everyone's so serious on the gram. Just fucking chill out. It's like mostly for fucking hot chicks to get their tits out. Let's like, I feel like we've got away from the roots of Instagram. You know, people are doing motivational videos, um, you know, this sort of stuff. Let's not forget the traditional roots, you know, where, where it all started. It's mostly for hotties to fucking push up that chest. So, you know, we don't need to know that you think every, everyone on the bus is a hater. They're not a hater, mate. They're just on the bus. Stress less, mate. Let's get rid of these serious captions. You're freaking me out, to be honest. You are freaking me out. And then uh, here's another one, dude. Trend end. Making, turning to your left or your right at, the, uh, at, at a red light. This is a big one. Dude, we got to stop this. Okay. We need to stop making eye contact at red lights. You know, when you when you pull up next to someone, you both have your windows down and you turn to the right. When has that ever been a comfortable experience for anyone? Dude, when I pull up next to you and I'm blasting Avril Lavigne's second album, there is no chance in hell I'm turning to my right to meet your gaze. Okay? I've got my happy ending cranking, my windows down. This is an intimate moment that you should not be seeing, okay? There's no chance. I don't care. I can feel your eyes burning into the side of my head. There is absolutely no chance I'm turning to my right, okay? And here's a question for you. Why are you turning to your left? What are you, what are you going for here? All, all that can happen is either you nod your head and do that, you know, do that upside down smile that you do to people you don't really know. Or we share the awkwardest second on planet Earth before the light turns green. And then here's the thing, dude. We've looked at each other now. It's awkward. Now I'm looking ahead. It's fucking 20 times more awkward, dude. And I and you know what? I want to wind my window up, but that's just going to make it worse. That's just going to make it so much worse. So now it's just like impossible. It's just crap. Like we've, we've, we've looked into each other's souls. It's over. But if you never make eye contact, you can get through that situation. Okay? Yes, I know I'm listening to Amy Shark's new album, As Loud As The Car Can Go. Okay? I'm not looking for an opinion right now. I'm looking to get home from work. Okay? I don't need some freaking 53-year-old guy with a rat's tail looking me up and down for two seconds, judging everything about me while I sit here in my beautiful Mazda Metro. Okay? Okay? So trend end, dude, when you're at the red lights and the windows are down and you're right next to someone, dude, you should be treating a red light like a fucking urinal, dude. Eyes front at all costs. At all costs. Please, for the love of God, can we stop doing that? And that is the pod for this week. I'm not going to lie, guys. There were some technical difficulties this week. The SD card filled up halfway through. This is, thank God I don't edit this thing. That's all I'll say. Billy Darcy is going to have his hands full. Um, so yeah, May 12, next week, come along. You know, uh, I've got to edit a stand-up video together, but when that gets posted, tag a mate. And once again, thanks for listening. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, 
And I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone Cause these people got me fucked up, yeah they got me way too wrong, way too wrong Now my mind's strong to me, don't you wait too long, wait too long